Welcome to Conversations with Kay, the podcast. I hope you are doing good whenever or wherever you are. I'm your host, Kay. For this episode, we are on our fourth installment of the series, Youngest Aid. I have with me today, Minister Shamar Brown. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well myself. Kind of rushed today. <laughs> uh, so explain your walk of faith for my listeners. Um, so basically, um, I guess you can say a Christian. Um, my denomination uh, for where I'm at at my church is non-denominational. So there's really not a specific time. Like we're not Kojic, we're not Baptist or, you know, we're mainly the holiness church. Um, so that's pretty much my walk of faith. Well, not necessarily my walk of faith, but um, I've been in the church since I was a little boy. Um, and everything just excited like no I was never forced you know how some kids was like forced to go to church I was never forced to go to church I always just wanted to go like if I wasn't with my mom I was with my aunt if I wasn't with my aunt I was with my grandma like vice versa so if there was a church service going on best believe I was there um and then I didn't start playing the drums well I played the drums at my church around the end of 2011 2011 Mm-hmm. And I played all the way up till I left for college for my freshman year. Um, and I also started singing towards my senior year of high school. And a lot of people may not know that, or a lot of people may not believe me when I say this, but um, I never knew how to sing. Like, I was terrible at singing. Um, my family used to be so mad because they was like, oh, my God, you're so tone deaf. And uh, it was really bad. So that singing really developed actually when I was in college. Um, because even in high school, it wasn't the best, but, you know, shout out to God for, you know, working on me with that. <laughs> um, so when would you say you became serious about your walk of faith? I want to say I became serious probably like my sophomore year of college, um, or probably entering in my sophomore year of college. Um, I went to a revival at this one church that I always used to go to. Um, we used to go to the revivals all the time. And um, they had this one preacher, and he was preaching. He did an amazing job. And this was actually July 2017. Um, And he had called me up to the altar. And I was just like, "Um, I don't really do. I don't like, you know, because I'm just not comfortable with that because I don't like people laying hands on me because, you know, everybody don't have the right spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, But he had called me up there, and he just prophesied. He was like, you are going to preach the young people. You are going to, you are called to preach. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And not only like, even before that, it was like during our pastor's anniversary at my home church. And that was June of 2017. And this one, and like I said, I was sung on the praise team. And this one member went up to my mom. She was like, your son going to be a preacher. And my mama had told me, and I was like, she's just really talking out the side of her neck right now because I'm... <laughs> do not plan on being a preacher at all. That was not in my, I did not want to do it. Um, And the crazy part is I knew I was called to do something, but I never knew exactly what it was. I always thought it was like singing because I love to sing. Um, And so going into my sophomore year, I was in this Bible study group called Yoso, which is Young Society Bible Mm -hmm. study. 
Um, and I actually used to give Bible study lessons then. But at the same time, I always told myself, I don't want to teach or anything if I'm out here still doing what I want to do. Um, I just never been that type of person. If I'm going to teach it, I want to make sure I'm living a holy and acceptable life before I do anything or preach or anything like that, because I don't want to be that person at all. Um, and so I always had like one minute I'd be good, one minute I'd fall short, and I'd jump back in and be good, and next minute I'd be short again. Um, but I would probably say when I finally seriously got committed to my walk of faith, it would have to be July of last year. Wow. Wow. That, that's pretty recent. But yeah. you were talking about how you people were speaking into your life that you were going to be a preacher. And you had several confirmations. Yep. <laughs> and you still didn't want to believe it. Yeah. So I know you just became ordained as a minister which is so crazy now that you tell your story and you didn't want to believe it but how has that whole experience like impacted your life especially your walk of faith um it has honestly well before i even say that i didn't i forgot to mention this uh last year at the beginning of 2020 uh, my pastor prophesied to me and he said he was portraying me, I forgot who he portrayed me from in the Bible, but he was telling me like, I'm gonna preach. And he's like, you're gonna preach this year, which was 2020. And lo and behold, 2020 came towards November, I preached. Um, but I wanna say, I, I accepted that, okay, I think this preaching is, um, I think I'm gonna go with it and just see how it is. I accepted that on my birthday, so August 23rd. I accepted it mm. um and then I talked to my pastor about it as well but I talked to him a month later um so at I want to say the fourth Sunday of September I want to say September 27th September 27th 28th one of those days I talked to my pastor about it and told him I think I'm ready well not even saying I believe I'm ready to preach mm. and finally take up this role that I've been called to do for like the past three years. And um, he was like, I'm glad you finally accepted it because you know, we've been waiting, we've been waiting. And not only that, my pastor is my uncle and um, oh, wow. the president of my church is my aunt. Um, and she even told me I would have ministry in my future. Mm. And I was just like, I don't know why these people keep telling me this. And so, um, I'm trying not to go off track here. But, <laughs> oh, it's fine. Uh, I guess leading up to that, um, it has, the way I actually had to come about taking this minister role, it, um, it was definitely different. I can honestly say that. Um, I didn't think I would have to accept this role in the circumstances that I was in. Um, but just to, I'm, I'm all for transparency, so I always give the raw material of myself because I feel like that's what people need to hear. They don't want to hear all the fake stuff. Um, there's been many of times where, like I said, I've been called to preach and I didn't want to accept it. So everything, every time I didn't accept it, bad stuff always happened with me. Um, I used to run track, had to stop track because I had a serious like back injury. Um, I literally... That was like entering my 
junior year of college, go through my junior year, like everything was like going bad for me. My grades slipped. Um, I went to a depressed day. I literally suffered depression from like November 2018 to April 2019. Um, I also was smoking. I was also drinking. I was just doing everything that I really didn't have no business doing. And like I was fine with it, but I wasn't fine with it because I was just like, I need a break from everything because everything right now is not going right for my life. And so 2019 came, things started to get better than I thought. But actually it was it was not getting better at all. So going to 2020, you know, everybody say 2020 is the perfect vision. You know, that's your perfect vision. But as we know, 2020 was a rough year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just crazy. And I was like, you know, everything my senior, I can honestly say like my senior was going really good. You know, first semester of senior year was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Get to second semester, everything gets shut down. Like everything, no graduation, no nothing. We didn't even get a civilized graduation. And I was just like, I don't know what is going on. And so like online schooling was stressful. Oh yes. Came out. And again, I still did my own thing. I was like, you know, but I was still serving in the church. Um, I was still singing. I was still doing whatever I had to do in the church, but I was still out here doing my mess. And eventually I knew it was going to catch up to me. I didn't know when. And I actually had a talk with one of my friends last year in January. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's going to be a shift in my life where it's going to cause me to preach. And I was like, I did not know it was. And that was January of last year. Mm -hmm. Well, I get to the end of June, June 29th, 2020. Um, That was the day that that shift happened. Um, I actually, someone that I thought was a friend of mine was not a friend. Mm -hmm. Literally got me drunk to where I could not function at all and raped me. Mm. So that took a big toll on me. Um, there was many times where I could not sleep because I had panic attacks. I could, I literally cringed off everything. I didn't want to be around nobody. Um, I did not want to do nothing at all. I barely wanted to go to church. I was not praying. And I literally had a conversation with my best friend because uh, I was like panicking. I didn't know who to call. So I called her and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And I had told her the situation that happened, but I was like, I'm not in a good headspace. Um, I don't feel good. And I don't know what's going on. I need, I need help. And she was like, well, maybe this is, you know, God trying to tell you to finally get it together and get it right with him. And I was just like, at the time, I did not want to hear that. I'm not going to lie to you. Because mm-hmm. um, I wanted her to be a friend. I didn't want her to be my pastor. I wanted her to be a friend. But one thing about friends, they're going to tell you like it is. Okay. And I want that's what I respected for her. And um, she, when she told me that, and I started, we got off the phone, I just started thinking, I was just like, okay, maybe she is right. So at that moment, I want to say a couple of days later, I literally had a, a long conversation with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, we was going to the throne of grace in my room. And uh, I was like, Lord, I don't know what's happening right now. Um, only you know, but if you work with me, I vow to make this thing right and stay committed to it. I'm going to just trust your word, trust your plan, and I'm going to just follow it. That's all I'm going to do. Trust it and follow it. 
And I wanted the month of July, I call that my healing month, um, transitioning month for me, because in that moment, I learned a lot about me that I did like, that I didn't like. Um, I learned a lot about other people, um, relationships, friendships. Um, I, it was, it took a lot. July was definitely a lot for me. Um, and I can honestly say I also worked on my confidence, my self-esteem. Um, everything just had to get a rejuvenation um, back into my life because it was rough. And I want to say August and so on. It has been nothing great. So when it came to my time to do my initial sermon, um, I can honestly say I was 100% content with my life happy with everything that was going on and I felt free um, also and my first sermon that I preached about was titled I Never Lost My Praise and I came from the book of Job and if anybody don't know the book of Job, um, Job was a faithful man, did no wrong, um, everything he did was in the will of God but it came to the point where um, the devil and God had an agreement and the devil was like you know, Job really don't like you. He don't serve you. He's just only doing this because you're blessing him with all these material possessions. And God was like, I created him. So I don't know what you're talking about. Get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. They literally made agreement. So Satan was allowed to attack anything that was connected to Job. Yeah, test my serving Job. Yes. And literally took everything away from him. Had from like having everything, living a good life to now having nothing and losing everything that he had, but still had enough of faith to still worship God, still praise him. And I feel like I connected with him because when I had everything, I lost it all. And I literally had to regain it back. But all I had to do was just trust God and literally let him fight my battles for me. But I just had to stay still. And so when I allowed him to fight my battles, when I allowed him to enter my life, and wholeheartedly surrendered to him it was the best decision for that i ever made and um it has been great i can honestly say it's been great wow it's just crazy that when you were talking about your story and then you got to the point of july and that being being your healing month it's crazy because that number seven means completeness yes in the bible and I'm just like, that was God's way of completing your chapter, that chapter in your life, yeah. so that he can move you to another one. And that is so crazy because whenever we don't listen to God, <laughs> that, that yeah. being man, whatever you want to call him, he will show us. He will be like, well, I tried to give you the easy path, right. but now I got to take you through something so that you can see that my way is really the only way right there. So yeah. that is so crazy that you talked about the number seven because really things do be happening so you can complete one chapter in your life so that God can actually prepare you for the next chapter. One That's thing I had to learn was the world was not for me. Um, it was meant to kill me. It was meant to hurt me. It was meant to harm me. Um, it was never on my side. But the wow. word, the word was meant to save me. The word was meant to heal me. Mm -hmm. And the word was meant to rescue me. I had to get out of the world. I always wanted to be like everybody else. Um, I always wanted to fit in. But I realized that wasn't for me at all. 
And so when it finally took me to realize that, um, I was just like, it sucks, but at the same time, I feel like it's probably the best for me to honestly stay in this word. Because if I be out here in this world, ain't no telling what would, what would happen. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like we all have to go through that as young adults. That's what I'm learning throughout this series is that we all have that common ground of having to purge ourselves of the world so that we can move forward in the word. And um, I, that's just something that I've seen. <laughs> You're the last person I'm interviewing for this series. So it's crazy that all four of you, plus myself, we've all had to go through that stage. And it's usually in college. And I was saying to um, one of them, I don't know which one, but like, usually in high school, we're so caught up in like trying to follow the crowd, trying to follow the crowd. But then when we get to college, that's the first time we're away from most of us. That's the first time we're away from those high school friends, our parents, our church in some cases. So we really have to find ourselves and find God for ourselves. So it's like really crazy that we all, even though our experiences are different, but we all have that same common ground of finding God for ourselves in college. But moving on, do you feel like your relationship with God has elevated since becoming a minister? Oh my goodness, yes. Um, It has been an amazing, beautiful experience with the moments I do um, have my encounters with God. Um, If it's in my reading, um, if it's in my praying, sometimes I find myself over here boo-hooing hard. And I'm just like, about five, 10 minutes ago, I was just perfectly fine. There I am too, 10 minutes, like just, I mean, that ugly cry, like, It, I, it's beautiful. Um, I always laugh about it because it's just like, he yeah, got me again. <laughs> like, I'm over here trying to be civilized, and here I am on the floor just, like, speaking in tongues, crying, and all that stuff like that. Um, it, it, it has been, uh, it's been amazing. And I can honestly say I'm understanding more clearly about the stuff that I encounter and read and I pray about. And it's coming from the heart. It's not m- just me saying it just to say it. Because a lot of people can say stuff, but if they don't say it without no type of feeling behind it, mm-hmm. you're just talking at this point. And that's something that I did not want to do is just talk to God, just to talk to God. I want to talk to him from the heart. That way he can hear my heart, not just my words, but hear my heart. So That's good. Um, we talked about how you've been preaching lately, but I see from your social media, because you also posted on there, which I don't know if you still have it on there, but if he does, y'all please go check it out. He'll give his information at the end, but please go check it out because it's really good. But um, I believe you completed two sermons by now at this time. So can you take us through that process of how you prepare for your sermons? Okay, so funny story. Uh, My first sermon that I did for my initial sermon um was titled I Never Lost My Praise. I honestly, and this is an honest story, I wrote that back in 2017. Wow. 
of 2017 because that's when I was still giving Bible study lessons. And I was like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give this as a Bible study lesson. But some told me like, this is not a Bible study lesson. Whenever that day comes for you to preach, you are gonna preach this. And I was like, okay. But that was 2017, so I was like, I don't know when it's gonna happen. And I told myself, I'm not gonna touch this. And honestly, I literally had it in a notebook. And it was an old notebook. And I literally, probably last year when I finally accepted that I was gonna preach and he told me when I was gonna do my sermon, I went to the back of my car and it was in my trunk. Like, that's how bad it was. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't wanna do this. It was in the trunk of my car. Wow. And I pulled it out and I opened it. Um, and that was that was the one. Of course, I, you know, edited it and all that stuff and made it similar to my life. Because in from 2017 to 2020, a lot has happened. Um, and I read the whole book of Job and I was like, This is the one. This is the one. That was that was titled my that was my first sermon that I did. Um my next sermon that I did was for our New Year's Eve service, and that was called um, God Rescue Me. And that was my testimony of the stuff that I experienced in 2020. Um, because, and I, I told, I don't know who I was talking to, um, but I, I told, I think I was talking to my mom. No, no, I wasn't talking to my mom. I was talking to one of my friends. And I was telling them, I was like, I was so glad that the last six months of 2020 outweighed the first six months of 2020 because the first six months of 2020 I thought I was going to lose my mind Mm. um if I was going to make it but just to have that 360 well I'm not even going to call it 360 but at least a 180 and how things changed in my life for the better and how I progressed to where I am now um God literally rescued me because if I would have stayed there I was the one went to jail uh, one died or three be somewhere where I didn't have no business being um and so for him just to come in my life and literally pick me up and turn me around like I I, I you know when you're young you hear these old sayings like God pick me up turn me around place my feet on solid ground but when you actually go through stuff and you start saying that he can it hit differently mm-hmm. and that literally that that right there um that's how I got my second sermon. I'm actually preparing for my next sermon because I have to preach at the end of this month. And then my that I'm titling in that sermon, um, You Shall Live, um, because a lot of stuff that we went through in 2020 is still carrying over into 2021. But I, I made a declaration of my life that I'm not I'm gonna live and I'm not gonna die. So I'm gonna live through everything whatever the enemy tries to throw my way, I'm going to live through it. And not just me living through it, but everybody that's going to hear this message, whoever hear it, y'all going to live through it too, because we are not about to be walking around in 2021 in dead situations that was in 2020. Mm. So that's, I'm working on that right now. That sounds good. (laughs) Have you ever thought about being a youth pastor, considering your age and stuff? Actually, I'm um, officially, unofficially the youth minister at my church. Um, So I actually help out with the youth. Um, I give Bible study lessons in our children's church, and I do the ages 12 to 15. 
Um, and that's actually, excuse me, been going great. Um, we've been talking about um, the importance of prayer, the importance of serving. Last week, we talked about facing fear and overcoming fear. So um, it's been really good. Oh, that is so good. Um, back to your walk of faith. Has there been any struggles for you maintaining your walk while being a young adult? Yes. Um, being young, being young is one thing. Being young and saved and in a church is another thing. But being young, saved, and knowing the word of God, that's a whole different thing. Um, because everybody can say that they saved. Everybody can say that they are Christian. But when you actually know the word of God, and you know the stuff that you're supposed to be doing, the stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, it gets hard because I ain't going to say it's temp- like peer pressure, but I, I feel like it's more of temptation. And mm-hmm. like my pastor say all the time, the flesh won't what the flesh won't. But yeah. it's all about our spirit. And let me tell you, this flesh, this flesh is something else because <laughs> I was like, you know, must be nice for them to do that stuff. You know, I wish I could do that. Um, but it's just like, Mm-mm, that's it's not for me because I know once I do I'm gonna feel bad and I'll be at the altar boohooing and crying again because I know I did something that I didn't have no business doing or not only that my pastor I call my pastor a true prophet because if there's anything that people go through he is going to preach about it and he may not even know but when he preaches it be he be stepping on our toes and I'm mm-hmm. like no I don't know who told my pastor what I was doing but I just need them to stay out of my business <laughs> because like that saying is you and my business don't do that yes i used to feel but it i i it wasn't so much of thing it was more the conviction that i always felt after i did stuff that i didn't have no business doing um i it was definitely different um once i accepted this and went further in my walk in christ Mm -hmm. um Cause it's hard temptation is real um for anybody that had has you know became and walked into this new life been trying to walk away from the old life temptation is real because the enemy is going to try to bring up people is going to try to bring up things to be like you know you missed this you might as well just you know just i just have to step back in for a little bit you don't have to stay but you can step back in for a little bit but once you step back in you wind up being there for like months mm. and it will be a little bit and so it, it's really hard um, because there's been people, um, and like I said, I'm raw. Uh, so it's just like smoking sometimes and drinking, uh, sex, all that stuff. All that stuff will sneak back on me, but it's just like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to just keep on going. I'm going to keep on moving forward with my walk because I know if I slip back, it's not going to be good. So... I honestly can say it has been a battle, um, but I'm reading this book um, by Sophia Ruffin. If anybody know her or who don't know her, I would say take a look at her. She has this book called Set Free and Delivered, and um, it's raw, but it's right, and I love it, and I'm all about transparency, so yes, that, that it helps a lot. Well, speaking, while we're speaking on balancing um, being saved, I know you're a member of Phi Beta Sigma, um, home team, New Iota chapter. So how do you balance being Greek 
and save because a lot of people think they contradict each other like you can't be greek and you can't be saved because i'm a member of alpha kappa alpha sorority chapter by way of omicron lambda so a lot of people just think us being greek and being saved does not mix because a lot of people associated with being demonic and just being of the world technically so how do you balance those two there's been i've got this like this question so many times but like i tell them my faith in god was i knew who my god was um my god was not my founders i appreciate my founders um but they are not my god so it's not like i'm over here worshiping them Mm -hmm. at all that's the difference that people need to realize um but it's also some people let that stuff get to them because I've seen many people that join Greek life and Greek life is the only thing they have to bounce off of. They don't have nothing else. Um, Greek life was not the only thing that I was in. Um, so I, I did not let it overtake my life. Um, like, uh, like it has doing other people. I'm not bashing them or anything, but I've seen it happen. I know how it is. Um, and then as far, yeah, also, I say this a lot to my mom. You have the old season saints, the Holy Ghost filled, sanctified, baptized, all that stuff. You have those saints. And then you have this new generation of saints. The old generation is always going to be stuck in their old ways. So it's either that way or no way. The new generation, we know God, we serve God, we know who he is, we know how he works and all that stuff like that. We just do things differently. And I feel like those two... there's no compromise so it's hard for us to come together in spirit and in truth but if people are still stuck in their old ways it's always going to be division um so i'm glad my church wasn't like that and then like i said my faith was already strong because even when i was doing like in my process of crossing they already knew like that's that's the church boy right there um so every time we used to do anything i was always the one praying with my line we i mean we prayed it almost every single day it like never failed they'd be like shamar you gonna you gonna need us in prayer i'm like oh okay sure <laughs> and literally my, my literally my line name is or my crossing name is god's plan so like this is this is like it did not change at all. And not only that, one of my founders was actually a preacher. So it's just like, yeah, you know, some people just want to twist up stuff to make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that God can actually talk to them because I, I know some people who actually denounce their letters because of spiritual reasons. And I'm not going to treat them differently because that is, I don't, whatever you talk to of God, that's between you and God, not nobody else. Nobody don't have no reason to judge you or bash you. Because they wasn't there when you was having your one-on-one moments with God. I was just, whatever decision that you make, kudos to you. But I know the God that I serve. Um, He is the head of my life. And like I said, I don't use my founders as a type of God. I appreciate them, but I do not worship them. And that is the big difference that people need to realize. We appreciate our founders of finding this organization, but we do not worship them hmm yeah I always tell people like look if you knew all the things I went to through before 
and then you watch how they all lined up for me. I was like, that was only God, because I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be in there. If we won't be real, for real, I was not supposed to be. It was for a number of reasons, like outside of like everything, because I was going through stuff in my personal life. I was not supposed to be with on my line with my group of sisters because of everything. But it all lined up somehow. And I was like, it ain't no coincidence. it's God. (laughs) It was God. It was literal God. And I, I wouldn't imagine that it could be anything else. And also I knew who I was. Like you said, I knew who I was and I knew who God was for myself. And that's how I went through. And I know some people, I don't know. That's just them we all hear God differently. So I feel like you can't judge somebody based off their decision because you don't know what God's saying in their ear. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm going to get out your business in a minute. But (laughs) as a teacher, because I know you're a teacher, do you pray before going into your classroom? Um, Yes. Um, Every, well, when we was going in the building right now, we work from home. But when we was in the building, I used to pray all the time, uh, every time I went to work in the morning, because we're dealing with COVID, this stuff is real. A lot of people may say it's man-made and all that stuff like that, but this COVID is real. It's taking people out. Um, and so I just always pray to God, you know, cover myself, cover my coworkers, cover my boss, cover these students, all that, because don't nobody have time to be going through that. It's, it's rough out here. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, praying with, for other stuff as well. Um, I, I do that. And even though we're not in the school, I still do it because, like, on my way to the gym in the mornings, I'll be praying. And sometimes I'll be having to get myself together before I walk in the gym or walk into school because I don't know if you're about to go to a whole Holy Ghost fit. And I'm just like, you know, I mean, the good thing about where I work at, you know, all their faith is, like, very strong in the Lord. And I love that. So even if I was to go into a Holy Ghost fit, they'd just be like, oh, we know. <laughs> It's okay. Go ahead. We know. So I can appreciate them for that. Um, so yes, I do pray every time. Um, oh, we're wrapping up. Oh my gosh. Um, we're down to our last couple of questions. But is there any advice you can give to other young people or young adults like yourself who are also walking in their faith while being young? Um, I have a good bit if I can give two. The first one is, it is okay to be young and saved. Um, you don't have to do everything like everybody else does, but you can still have fun. Um, never let anybody tell you like, oh, you're boring. I, you, never, you do not realize how many people have told me I'm boring. But honestly, before all this, I'm a homebody, so I don't like doing much. I don't like going out at all. Um, or being around a lot of people because I, I just I like my space. I like to be in my bed and just chilling and relaxing. Uh, but it is okay to be young and saved and still have fun. If people calling you boring, then they must have a boring life because, or just a crazy life because stuff not working out for them. But everything that you're going through, you just have the joy of the Lord, peace, and all that stuff like that. And you just not stress. Not saying everything in your life is going good. Um, but you know the peace that you have is like 
I really don't care what you say right now because at the end of the day, I can go back to my bed and relax and go to sleep because I'm going to still sleep good at the end of the day, whether you call me fun or boring. So let's just talk about that. But uh, moving on, I would say for um, don't let another thing I would say, do not let church hurt get you from the presence of God or get you out the presence of God. Um, uh, there's so many people around my age that have experienced church hurt and they literally have not came back to church. They literally just stopped doing anything in the church or everything in the church. Um, those people, and I like that's why I said the division between the old saints and our generation. Those people are stuck in their ways. Um, God didn't God didn't do anything to you. That was people, not God. So if you're letting people stir you away from God, be careful because that's the worst thing you can ever do is be out of the presence of God. So never let church hurt um, overtake your faith or outweigh your faith. Let your faith stay strong in God. People is going to be people at the end of the day. But as long as you know who you are, who you're serving, and you're doing everything, the best in your ability to live right, that's all that matters. Because mm-hmm. people can talk about you whether you're doing good or bad. So it's so one thing you have to realize. But those would be my two strongest advice for anybody that's young and having this walk of faith. Wow. Um Man, I messed up on this question. I'm sorry. I kept this question in from another interview. But lastly, where can people find you if they want to see your sermons um, that you post? Um, so you can find me on Instagram because that's really where I post my uh, sermons or whatnot. Um, but you can find it at Shamar, S-H-E-M-A-R dot Brown, B-R-O-W-N, the number three. Um, that is my Instagram. Um, that's where you can really see like my sermons. My page is probably though. So <laughs> you have some crazy stuff. I may not follow you back, but you know, just just keeping that, just want to throw that out there. But uh yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a really good talk. Um Actually, we got 15 minutes left. I want to say something before we go. When you were talking about church hurt, I felt like you were talking to me for real. For oh. real, for real. <laughs> like, um, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about my church. If you know me for real, for real, you know where I'm at in Charlotte. Like, you know where I'm at on a personal level. Then you know where, who my church is, what happened and stuff. Um. I I felt like I've been disconnected from the church a little bit mm-hmm. since what happened happened. And because it happened when I was like 11, 12, so formative years. And so I felt like I never really got that trust back in the church. And I feel like it's a good and a bad thing because I used to serve in the church. I don't serve anymore. I just not into it. (laughs) And my mom tried to get me to do it. And I just, I'm not into it. But I also say it's a good thing because it forced me to make my own relationship with God um, in a more spiritual way 
because before it was just based off um I'm a little kid people tell me who God is and that's who I think he is <laughs> so I felt like it forced me to you know find my own spiritual relationship with God for myself but I feel like you was talking to me because I am not like I'm what? not that interested like even now online I just be checked I, out a little bit I can I can I understand where you're coming from um and I whenever the time comes um because honestly a lot of people think a lot of people used to think I was a PK um, <laughs> just that's like my walk of fear and I'm just like my mom is nowhere close to a preacher or a minister she just sings on the praise sing with me uh and she'll tell you herself oh no I'm not a preacher no I'm not a preacher I'm not a PK. <laughs> um but if whenever the time comes and I have a child, I'm not going to force my child to go to church. Of course, you know, when they're younger, you know, you're just not about to sit at home on Sundays if you're young. But as you get older, I'm not about to force you to go to church. Um, that's something that we, you want to do on your own from the heart, genuinely. Because I, I feel like the way it is, and that's, I, I told my mom this all the time. That's why a lot of people who come to college, when they leave their house, they don't they don't want to go to church. They they don't want to go to church. They don't want to do nothing. Like they know God, but they want to experience God for themselves. We as a young generation were forced to go to church. Everything was forced on us in the church. And stuff that we did not want to do. Uh probably forced to sing, forced to dance, because you know they always make little children dance in church. I don't know what it is. That it's cute for them, but we don't like it. We don't want to dance. We just want to sit in the congregation and get a little candy, the butterscotch candy from you know mm -hmm. ladies, uh, Mother Guardian or whatnot. We want to get those butterscotch candies, the peppermints from Neil. We don't want to be up here dancing. Yeah. And that's what I was telling my um, my kids a couple of weeks ago. Nobody should force you to do anything in the church. If you want to do something in church, that is your decision, but make sure you do it from the heart and genuinely. Don't do it because you were forced, because if you're doing it because you were forced, you're not going to put your all into it. And then that puts a limit on your relationship or the thing that you want to do because you can express yourself fully or freely. Whenever you do anything in the church, I want to worship freely. I want to sing free. I want to dance free. I want to play free. I want to preach free. I don't want to be doing this because I'm forced to do this. I, I want to do this because I want to, and it's coming from my heart. Um, and that's what a lot of people, and I'm, I'm going to put it like this, a lot of Black parents, family households that's raised and born in the church have to realize this. And then you wonder why when you get older and your children get older, they'd be like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be bothered with church at all. Because you're forcing us to do something that we want to do. And we've done it ever since we was yay, hey, yay, high with those overall big suits on and you know, the little socks, the little ruffle socks with the black, you know. Yeah, we was forced to wear that stuff. You know what I'm saying? We did not want to wear that stuff. We, and that's, I think that's where the division again comes from the old saints in our generation. Mm -hmm. We want to dress how we want to dress long as there's no appropriate and all that stuff. We want to do everything without being judged by it. We want to express ourselves freely. But if people stay in their old ways, 
there's the church is never gonna come back together. There's it's not gonna be that compromise between those two age gaps mm-hmm. because they stuck in their old ways. Um, and I thank God for my pastor because he always tells us, come as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, let God change them. So if you see somebody coming in here, one of these old saints sees, you know, a young person coming here with some tight jeans because, you know, certain churches, you can't wear jeans to church. Mm-hmm. Got to wear skirts or dresses or whatnot, with, you know, white tennis shoes and stockings and all that stuff like that. Um, but my pastor would say, come as you are. Don't tell nobody what to do. Don't tell them how to do it. Let God work on them. And when God penetrates their heart and he works on them, that's when you will see the change in themselves. You don't have to say nothing. It is not our job to tell them what to do or how to do it. And another thing, if you're going to tell them how to do it, correct them, tell them in love. Don't tell them in judgment. Don't chastise them saying you're going to go to hell because you're wearing this and you're doing this and all that stuff like that, because that is not of God. That is not of God. I don't know who told you that, but I know my God didn't tell you to say this. So that's my, that's how we can talk about church hurt because it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy out here. This, our generation is lost. And I, um, I told my pastor, I said, one of my goals um, for taking on this ministry role is to bring my generation back. And well, not in the church because, like everybody say, church is in your heart. The church is not in a building. The church is outside the building. And with this whole pandemic, we making it known that the church is outside. Every Sunday, I'll be going through like five thousand church live stream services on Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Friday. I'll be going through it a lot. So it's just like the churches. We have to take the church outside because we got to get out of this way where. Churches in four walls. Church is not in four walls. Church is in your heart. But you have those people that be like stuck in their old ways. Um, so, so that's how I feel about church hurt. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, for real, for real, this time. Thank you for coming on here. This has been a very, very good um, episode. I think a lot of people are going to learn from this one. So I thank you for really coming on here and just being transparent, just being you. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm just a little, <laughs> um, I'm just a little in my head right now, but again, thank you. And up next, we have the K moment and the positive moment. This is Conversations with Kay, the podcast. Welcome back. I hope that episode was inspiring and touched your heart like it touched mine. Again, this is the positive moment. I'm not going to be giving any opinions. That will be its own separate video. Oh, video, really? Episode, because I don't want to take away from this episode oh just an update we only have two more episodes of the series left Uh, it's been great it's been great this is the last one of my guests so I, i don't have any more with any more guests the next one and the one after that is just really me talking but um anyway the positive moment 
for today comes from Isaiah chapter 43 verses 1 through 3. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. One more time, Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And pass through the rivers, they shall not cons- Ooh. <laughs> overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And until next time, follow the podcast at K-O-N-V-O-S-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Follow me at K-A-R-I-J-A-H underscore. Till next time, peace.